Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to My Ship Story podcast. I'm here again with Brad and Scott. And our guest today is Bob Tavadia, also known as Disco Bob. Uh, We'll get to him shortly. But first of all, uh, Scott, what's up in your world? Uh, Yeah, we haven't talked in like a whole 24 hours. Nothing much. You know, like it's been so hot that I've put off all hardscaping and garden bed cleaning and stuff, you know, for a long time. Now the high for the next 15 days or something is in the mid 80s. So it was beautiful and awesome. So this is my first day out doing garden stuff work. And I've got a two blood blisters on one hand and a ripped open blood blister on my thumb. As I was doing this, I was listening to our podcast and some, um, you know, I, actually the one that I was listening to and I need to mention again was the season two rerun. Or, I mean, the season two recap, I want to say, and I want to put it out to all of our listeners and the people that have been on the, on the podcast and the Facebook and everything. Who would you guys like to see come on as a co-host? We had mentioned that and uh, and I think I still think that would be hilarious um, to uh to have somebody come on and host. We know uh, uh, Johnny Lavallegos and, and Todd Dockley and stuff, but who would you guys want to come see on our podcast as a co-host? So let us know. Sure, you know, has I, plenty of ideas on that. Well, I have, of course. I've yeah. I've already already uh, sent out my ideas. Uh, hey, I'm headed off to Vegas on Monday. And so if you guys want to book anybody for next week, perfect opportunity, somebody to get in and fill in for me uh, next week uh, while I'm, Tool around in Vegas, losing all my money. I got to send out some texts to people to see if we can get somebody. I've been been, uh, furiously practicing uh, playing craps online, (laughs) just trying to practice, just trying to get back up to speed, you know, back to where back to where I was like 20 years ago, which was not great. There is a reason why casinos make so much money. And yeah, the reason is yeah. this guy over here. I know yeah. I'm going to lose. I know I'm going to lose, but I want to lose for as long as I possibly can. That is the goal. Okay. Just so do you go in with a certain amount can. of money and say, okay, once that's gone, I'm done. Yeah. Okay. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, it's I mean, entertainment value. Let's say you're going to spend hundred, 200 or whatever. You just, whatever your limit is, that's what it is. And if it's done in 10 minutes, that's it. You're done. If it lasts yeah. you two days, great. Even better. Yeah, my 401k is about uh, 40,000 and so I'm going in with a cool 40,000 <laughs> and once I lose that I'm I'm done. I'm that's, walking away. I'm just a, packing as, up and walking away. That's as bad idea as you could possibly have unless you were 65. <laughs> Are you going to try to see Bucky while you're out there? Are they are they dark or anything? No, they- Bucky's Bucky's touring right now. He's okay. touring. He's not in yeah. Vegas. Well, right I can now. say when yeah, we went to Vegas, in. we're going to go see the, um, this is the first thing that uh, Tanya booked. We're going to go see the Bee Gees experience Ooh. at the Excalibur. That'd be fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure that goes. she's super stoked about seeing the really? Bee Gees. I would ex- totally love the to Bee see Gees that. experience. And so that's, Anyway, that's what we're doing. But you have to look up. Uh, you'll have to look up the uh, bucket. Buc- I don't know how you spell it, but the Bucanal Buffet. It's the m- world's most exotic uh, buffet. Bacchanal. You mean B A C H A? 
And okay. A- yeah, the Bacchanal. Yeah, Bacchanal yeah. right. uh, buffet. But it's like you know, it's like sixty-five bucks a person. But they have it's all Michelin oh. stuff. Wow. I mean, it's high grade everything. Wagyu. The last time I ate at a buffet in Vegas, I was there for this like twenty-four hour uh, race. It was a relay race. Then uh, you know, like two hundred mile relay race. Not good for a runner. No, that was the second leg. I spent the, it was a short leg that I had the second one and I spent it stopping and throwing up like the, <laughs> the, the entire three miles. I had to pull over and throw up. It was terrible. But after that three miles, I felt great after I got, Oh, that's that. when you ate the meat in the yes. back room. Never, never <laughs> eat salmon, never eat salmon in a buffet in Vegas. Nope. Just don't do it. Well, it had been sitting out in the green room for like a day or something like that. Hadn't it? Or Anyway, we're just talking. Crap. Okay. Let's get to our guest. We yeah. had another great guest today. Uh, this is somebody that I worked with quite a bit on the majesty. He was uh, my uh, chief purser on the Majesty, and he was very kind not to write me up for being late all the time. Welcome to the show, Bob Tavadia. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, thank you, Eric. It's great. It's great to be on. Hey, Brad. Hi, Scott. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's great to see you. It's been quite a long time. It's oh, only about thirty years or so. Maybe not quite thirty, but you know, we were, we were talking about like I didn't recognize you before, and then I was like, <laughs> it sounds familiar, and then I looked you up on Facebook. Uh, while while we were introing, I was actually stalking through all your photos, and I was like, "Oh yeah, now that you know, looking back, and you know, you had hair and a mustache, and yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I absolutely know that guy." But that's why I kept. I, I was asking you and 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 Brad, who probably just was drunk and can't remember. But we he they both worked on the Majesty, you know, a couple times. Yes. So yes. I thought there's there's a really good chance that they worked with you because that's when I worked with you. I think right. I don't. I think that was the only ship we worked together. Correct? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. And actually, the hair is a has a story to it too. But <laughs> the, I, I guess before we start, let me kind of say my name is Biram Bob Tavadia, and this is my ship story. Uh, just to kind of kick it off. It all started in 1986. I never knew that my career would span this long uh, uh, an amount of time. I was supposed to be hired for one week to replace uh, my chief purser, Abner Ayala, who had an emergency. And, uh, and he was supposed to go home to meet his grandma. So I got hired like, like it, it's like a story. I'd never been on ships before. Uh, was on a cruise, uh, got a telegram at that time. They didn't have faxes and all those fancy phones and stuff like that, right? So I had a telegram come to my ship on, I was on- A cocktail. telegram. A telegram, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's <In> that? Thomas. <laughs> yeah, I know, what's that? Like, And so they asked me in St. Thomas to go to the nearest Walmart and pick up a pair of white shoes. And that's what I did. And then when I came back to Miami- it was a Sunday, right? So I got off like Pier 10, walked over to Pier 6 because that's where Royal Caribbean office used to be. It was a small office on the first floor. And they said, hey, welcome. You've just been hired. Here's your papers. Off to the Song of America and away you go. So here I am, never been on a ship before, an absolute virgin from like India and Middle East coming around. And I get on board the Song of America. And I walk into this ship and I'm introduced to Norman Eaton, who was my chief purser then. And they said, okay, here's a pair of whites, go down, change your clothes and come back up again. Little did I realize that at that time, that stateroom was the official jail. So (laughs) here I am already getting ready to get back to the desk and the door doesn't open from inside. 
I don't know if you guys remember or not, but on, on our original ships, we used to have one or two staterooms that used to be officially called the jail. And that's where we put, you know, our passengers and guests whenever things went wrong. Guess what? I got locked out. <laughs> and I didn't have a clue how the hell to get out because there was no phone. There was no security officer. So lucky for me, I was tapping SOS on the door <laughs> almost about an hour before somebody realized that I was locked in. Oh, man. So, Whoa. yeah, so that was like my introduction to cruising, you know. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Yeah, and then I get on the desk and I say, okay, who's going to brief me? And we used to have a Norwegian purser at that time. And she said, oh, yeah, I'm going to brief you. Here's a daily cruise compass. That's the front of the ship. That's the back of the ship. Welcome. (laughs) You're going to invite the next 2,000 guests on board. That was quite an understatement. But hey, you know what? They always say, right, you're the only one who knows that you don't know anything. Everybody else thinks you do. So that was my kind of introduction to the purse's desk. And so how did you how did you go about getting hired to like work on like how did that even come about? Like what were you doing before? Did you work on ships before? No, no. I used to work for the Sheraton Group of Hotels in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So I had opened the Doha Sheraton and the Qatar Sheraton. Mm-hmm. And then when I, I came here for vacation to meet my cousin and his wife, just prior to 1986, it was December of 85, my cousin said, let me drive you around. So he was showing me the sites of Miami and we were passing by the port of Miami. And he said, have you ever considered working on ships? And I said, look, I'm only here for a short break and I'm going back to my hotel work, right? He said, come on, let's just go and check it out. So I walk into the Pier 6 office and there are two ladies. One's the receptionist and other is the HR manager. Her name was Laurie Gibaldi. And I just walked up to her and I said, hi, I'm Bob. I'm looking around and I was wondering if there's any job opportunities. So she said to me, you know, there's nothing at the moment, but since you're here, come on, let's go in and let me interview you. And then when the sovereign comes out in 1990, we will keep you in mind and probably call you over. So I was like, great, did my interview. And then I said, listen, I'm going to go on Carnival. My my cousins booked a week's cruise. And she said, go enjoy, learn the shipboard life. Little did I know that that was going to become a reality that end of that week. And so that's that's how it. And then the telegram came in, right? <laughs> and, and and I started working. And the funny thing was that on a Saturday, my cousin and his wife went on a cruise themselves, and I came back on a Sunday. And I never went home to their place. So when they came back from a cruise, their front house was still locked. Everything was locked. And they started panicking because I was naive in the United States. I didn't know anybody. And at that time, by the time I didn't have their phone numbers, so they actually put in a missing report for me. <laughs> Please. Oh <my laughs> Until God, I finally managed, you know. So it was quite a bit of a, I mean, now I can sit back and laugh about it. We think but he's locked up you. on a jail on a ship somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was the shortest contract. It turned out to be 34 years before I left Royal Caribbean. Wow. Wow. It was that long? Yeah. So, yeah. wow. So then you you were on until fairly recently. Um, yes. When, when did you leave? It was like the teens? Uh, so I left in uh, 2020. Oh, wow. Uh, All the yeah, way to just, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Is this just like because of the, COVID? 
Yes, it was because of COVID and, and obviously, uh, you know, things had changed in the company and, and, you know, everything was on a standstill. So I thought, well, it's a great opportunity for me. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys know or not, but I've been very blessed. I, had, I, I was remarried again uh, after losing my first wife to cancer. And, uh, and now I have a six-year-old daughter. Six? Yes. Yes. Wow. Congrats. That's fantastic. Yes. And I'm very blessed uh, to be married uh, to my wife, Ilona. And I have a son, Nikita, who's 13 now, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it it, it all kind of turned out really perfectly well. And I decided, you know what, what better opportunity than to grow up with the kids a little bit and spend some fun time together. So So now you are you in South Florida? Yeah, I am. I am actually in Miami. Okay. Uh, in uh, Sunny Isles area. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 And in uh, just around that time, I started our, our own business. So we do commercial and residential remodeling uh-huh. of uh, properties. And, and I'm also a wholesale distributor now for floorings, kitchens, and solar panels. So oh, I'm now in the sense. construction. Yeah, I'm now in the construction world. Getting quite, a, quite a bit different. Yes, yeah. from the white <laughs> uniform, right? <laughs> right. I mean, excellent, because as I work in real estate, I deal with some investors and I help them flip houses and, you know, hire contractors to do the remodeling and design and all that stuff. So I get exactly what you're talking about. Well, I'm guessing with 34 years at sea that you're going to have quite a few really interesting stories to uh, let them fly. Yeah. So let's let, let's hear let's hear a couple stories here. OK, OK. So one of the ones that I'll never forget is it was my time as a chief purser. And I had this family that had just come on board, uh, middle of the rain, their, their clothes were destroyed. Uh, I think it was Rich Airlines or Rick Airlines or something. I forget now at that time what that carrier was and destroyed all their clothes. And it, it was like about 22 of them, right? And, and it was a Christmas and New Year's cruise combined. So I really felt sorry for them, had done a great deal of work for them, you know, and, and had them really have a great cruise, right? And fast forward a couple of years later, uh, I am on the Majesty, actually, and we're getting ready to go for the captain's introduction, right? The welcome aboard cocktail party. And I have my wife with me, Eva, at that time. And uh, as I am walking down the row, I suddenly hear like 20 people stand up and go, yay, Bob, yay, Bob. And, you know, of course, you remember people, but you don't remember that much, right? So I'm looking around, turning to them. And then the grandma says, right in the middle of Captain's cocktail party, Bob, you don't recognize us because we have our clothes on. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what? 20 people with their clothes on? What the hell happened out here? And then, of course, you know, (laughs) the, the gear started clicking in. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the family. So that that's one story that I sort of you know <laughs> always sticks always sticks in my mind. Which now, is did anybody of, that didn't know what's going on? Did they? My be, wife. Were they like? Uh, yeah, my wife and and a lot of the guests, including the captain at that time. He was like he was like completely shocked. He didn't know what to say. And then of course he was pretty good about making a humor out of it. The other one that I thought was really cool was. Uh, on the radiance of the seas, we used to have these billiard tables that were perfectly balanced. Uh, it, it was like one of the things that Royal Caribbean had put on board. And How does that happen on a ship? Yeah, even? really. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was make on, sense. on the radiance class of ships. This was one of those really cool things that they had. It was a balanced 
a billiard so table. So as the ship moves, the whole table just the moves, whole so table moves level. along with it, and so it, like it, on a gyroscope or something. Yeah, yes, it must be some yes. kind of a gyro. Yeah. Yeah, wow. you you're right, and it was really cool, and it was really funny because one day we had a very rough seas, and then the next day we were reading the security report, and one of these passengers had finally discovered the way to fight seasickness was to sleep <laughs> on the billiards table. Awesome. <laughs> it was so funny because, uh, quote unquote, the security officer said the passenger never had a better sleep uh, than before in any of these days. So awesome. I thought that was kind of, you know, that was kind of a little bit funny and stuff like that. that so funny. I love sleeping on board. I didn't mind the waves like. Yeah, I, that was the best was part great. of sleeping is that kind of motion. Right. Just yeah. Put you to sleep. And then and then I think some of the other I mean, you know, there's always like on the I-95 who you see and stuff like that, those juicy kind of things, right? But another funny thing was that uh when I was a second purser, one of the key things I used to do was to go ahead and um clear the ship every morning. Here I am now at fast forward at home. And I suddenly wake up in the morning and look out of the window and I see buildings next to my building. Little did I realize, you know, when you suddenly wake up from sleep, that you're not on the ship. And here I am screaming and shouting, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm late to clear the ship. Make way, make way. And my parents are looking at me and going, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> you know, we, we were just talking last night about some of those dreams that we still have about like, you know, either going back to sea or things that happen at sea that the dreams still you still get them every once in a while yeah and, and it's good i think it's funny too right uh, i remember when we were in saint thomas and we we had a crew uh, we had a crew catamaran party and as we were coming back to the ship uh there was this party boat coming along with the passengers from our ship. And, you know, generally when you see a party boat, everybody's supposed to be drunk and screaming and shouting and throwing their tops away. Jolly and Roger. Stuff like, yes, yes, Jolly Roger, right? And this was like a dull, boring people returning back. So, so we as crew decided, here's what we can do to cheer them up. So we decided to pull up, you know, show our little tushies to the whole group. And thank God nobody recognized us when we came back because they couldn't figure out whose tushi was who, you know. So that was a saving grace, as one would say. So being, being that you spent so long on on ships and stuff, do you ever move your cup away from the very edge of a table? Uh, I don't do that. But sometimes when I'm walking, my friends say that I'm kind of swaying when they look at me from the back. Uh, it, it, that was something that, that happened. I think now I've gotten rid of it, I think, pretty much. So I remember like some of the memories I have. I always felt you were you were a great boss. You were great to work for because you you know you made sure that we got all our work done and we did it right and we do what we had to do. But you weren't like a really big stickler for like, and especially with me from like I had to be there eight to twelve. No, it's like if you can get your job done, get it. You know, get your job done. Right. And then you you gave us kind of some leeway where like if there were special events. I remember a couple of special events that we had where that you gave us quite a bit of leeway. One was, I still remember this, we went to Jamaica and it was either my birthday or I think it might have been my last week on board. And we went off on a catamaran in Jamaica and I got shit-faced, like completely shit-faced. So I think I had set it up where I wasn't going to come in after that because there's no, I knew that it was going to happen. Yeah. But I was so hungover that you called me in my cabin the next day. It was supposed to start at eight and you called me. It must have been like 930 or something like that. I mean, it was 
you gave me like a big leeway. Like it was 9.30, maybe almost 10. You're like, uh, Eric, do you plan on coming in today? <laughs> like you really need to come in. But you were really cool about it in the sense of like, again, I got my work done and I got what I had to do done. I think life was different then, right? I think it's very different nowadays. You know, yeah. I had mentors all the way from uh, Tony O'Prey, you know, yeah. uh, David, Michael, you know, we were all working in our own different ways, right? So yeah. I think uh, I think you just kind of picked and choose from everybody. In fact, I think very few people know that Michael was my best man at my wedding. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And we're talking uh, Michael Bailey, right? Michael yeah, yeah, you're oh, talking okay. Michael Bailey. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. great. Amazing, amazing, you know, amazing guy. And so I think it was very different. We all treated one another as family. And I don't know if you were on, I think it might have been on The Sovereign. We had a person called Roger Jackson. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I know Roger. I remember him. Uh, hilarious guy, you know. And just because of my nature of being so kind of a little bit serious at times, uh-huh. they did this birthday card for me. And it's all the pursers at midnight in the swimwear and the official tie on the purse's <laughs> desk. And I don't know how the hell they coordinated that, but they had the security busy. They had, and, and they actually did that picture. And I and I still remember that. And it kind of brings a, a big smile on my face when I think about it, right? <laughs> so I think you guys had a lot to do with breaking down my, uh, how does one say, my seriousness as well. So See, uh, I didn't find that you were very serious. I thought you were very, I didn't think you were like super, I mean, you weren't like maybe some of their chiefs. I think you were very middle of the road, right? You weren't yeah. like the ones like Neil Sybil, who was freaking nuts. Oh, yeah. Who was yeah. fun, but he was crazy. And he would go out drinking and partying and he would, he was just like, you know, always the one extreme. And then I won't mention the names on the other extreme that were like very rigid yeah. and just felt that they had to be a certain way if they were going to be the boss. And right. this didn't come across, but I felt you did very well in managing both sides of that. But Neil was instrumental in teaching me how to drink. And so <laughs> was my first roommate from California. Yeah, he was Steve, amazing character. And I never knew what a yellow ribbon meant tied outside your door and what you had to do with it. I don't know if you guys ever know about it or not, but here's the juicy story. When your roommate has a yellow ribbon, you don't go knocking on the door because he's busy knocking something else. (laughs) (laughs) This is is like the song, Roxanne! Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, Neil Sybil, uh, he was the chief on Majesty for a while as well. Yeah. Yeah, great. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I had a great time, but we drank like crazy amounts. Like he's the only chief that ever went down to my cabin to get me out of my cabin to go drink. Usually it was to go to work, not to go drinking. It was those and those dreaded aquavits. Um, that was a very that was a big tradition. Let me tell you, my first week on board on the Song of America. When uh-huh. you went into the office's mess in the night, because that's where we just ate, yeah. it happened to be. They started me on these aquavits. And let me tell you, I never knew what the hell hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, guys, we have got to get aquavit, uh, Lenny aquavit as a sponsor on the show. <laughs> I mean, they are so instrumental in all of these stories. They cannot not be a sponsor. 
Okay, Bob, you should you should go back and listen to I think it's episode 18 with Mary Giuliani. Okay. And uh we pulled out well, we Brad pulled out pulled out Aquavit and drank a a, quite a bit of it. And it's Uh, a 30 a 30-year-old bottle of Aquavit. Oh wow. That he got on the ship in the 90s. Yeah, I got in Oslo in 1992. Yeah. On the song. He did and drank a, he, half of it. Well, he, he drank was, not half, but he drank a pretty good amount, and it's noticeable by the end. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, that's a strong drink, let me tell you. Oh, so my yeah. hat's off to you. It's not for amateurs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. <laughs> hey, uh, Bob. So looking through your pictures, I, I saw one of the pictures, or, or there's two pictures in there that you have. You were in the galley with a chef hat. Did you spend yes. any time as a chef, or? Well, what happened is when we did the new builds. And we were taking the ships out. So I did seven new builds. So I did four of the Voyager class and three of the Radiance class ships uh, as the hotel director on board. And so every time we did a successful launch, we, the management, used to host a dinner for the crew. And so all the officers would be like serving and stuff. So I was on the grill uh, doing the the grill food. So that's where you see the picture of me with the chef, with the chef's hat and the stuff like that. Yeah, it's really funny because on the Mariner, we used to, so as we got better and better bringing ships out, you know, we came to the point where we could actually take guests on board even before the ship left the shipyard. By the time we finished the seventh new bill, and then of course the teams have done phenomenally well now. So every time we came out with a Voyager class ship, we used to bet how many glass windows would break during the crossing. <laughs> hey, Bob, you know, let's well, go back to your your days on. Uh, do you guys ever do any, any pranks on the, each other? Or uh... We did on the Viking Serenade. We had a new person that had just joined. And as we were sailing out of uh, San Diego, we kind of made the person go in the front with the torchlight and wave the torchlight to all the coming ships to make sure that they saw a ship was coming in and and we that was that was I still remember that prank and unfortunately it was raining cats and dogs so we had to get somebody to take the life jacket to that person I wouldn't name that person of course uh but that was one of the pranks that we had prepared uh you know that was kind of fun and of course uh, how long did you leave him out there Oh, for almost over two hours. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we were on the bridge. We were on the bridge recording the whole thing. Oh, we felt know? so sorry for them for yeah, two yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to name that person. We got to have them on. Yeah, uh, I think we should name them. No, no. I I, I mean, that oh, person okay. would never forgive me. And then, of course, we had a, and then, of course, there was a time when we came out of, I think it was Cozumel or Cancun or something. And the purses had gone out drinking and we had one of these purses who couldn't walk. So I had to go the put Eric? her in on a wheelbarrow. No, that wasn't me. That wasn't no, no, me. that it, it was one of our uh, lady purses, you know. And on, so we in a her, wheelbarrow? Yeah, we put her in a wheelbarrow. And then we kind of wheeled her in all. I think it was Ken I remember that. <laughs> um, so I think that was another kind of like, everybody was like, the person was like, oh, there. And I, I mean, that was kind of <laughs> That funny. sounds like so, Lucille. Uh, no, yeah. Lucille could no, hold her liquor. No, yeah, no. Lucille would never. No, that's not Lucille. So I remember. Where... I remember a female purser. I don't know who it is, but I remember someone coming up in a wheelbarrow on that on the. Uh, and I had to go and bring her in. It was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> the chief purser bringing somebody in a wheelbarrow to the ship. You know. So you know, I could have used a wheelbarrow. That tequila issue that I had that one time, but I didn't. I made it. I made it on my own two feet. So. 
wheelbarrow is pretty bad. <laughs> well, I, I would say I think it was Cindy, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it might be Cindy Clark. I have Coors to ask Clark. her about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I think, like, uh, she's like Clark. Me. He's going to kill me. No. no. Yeah. 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 Gonna, it wouldn't no. surprise me if it was Cindy because, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I remember a few times that I party with Cindy. I once dragged her through the I-95 in her evening uniform, like completely across to get her back to her cabin. I don't know what it was, but I just, I just dragged her the whole way there. And her jacket, I don't know if they ever got that thing clean, but her, remember like those ugly jackets, yeah. polyester jackets? Yeah, yeah. It was black, just like all black from dragging her down the main crew hallway. Of that oh, hallway. you literally I, dragged her on I the floor. I literally dragged her on the floor. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised about her. So, yeah. But a great, great, great person, you know, great yeah. sense of humor and, uh, oh, and I had stuff a blast, like that. Blast working with Cindy. I had a great time. I, enjoyed that so much and then Probably i had best. another person who loved to sleep all a lot you know and every time you ask that person you'd say she'd say oh that's my favorite position <laughs> and it kind of makes you wonder sometimes right with the play on the words right <laughs> uh, i'm flat on my back and that's my favorite position okay i get it you know <laughs> hey what about well, what about uh, like when things went wrong with crew members like what is the most bizarre time where you had to like get somebody off the ship well we had quite a few of those because at that time you know <laughs> it was the captain's earring and 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 stuff like that so that was really uh you know and then i remember there was this one time if i'm not mistaken that we had a party on board in one of the crew cabins and one of the smart crew members had taken pictures and left the pictures lying around and you know, in Miami, normally we used to have customs come on board and stuff like that. And it just happened to be that they went into that one particular stateroom and they just opened the drawers and yeah, they found this inspections. And obviously all the photos were, you know, it was quite an interesting, uh, it's like, come on, why would you do that? Self-incriminating. Yes, For those that can't see what you did, <laughs> yes. self-incriminating photos with yes. illegal substances. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Man. Why would you do that? No, that doesn't make any sense. Why? I mean, but again, if you think of the state that someone is in, whether they're drunk or, yeah. or yeah. high, they're not thinking straight that yes. they that they're just having fun. Yeah, hey, we'll just exactly. take pictures, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. Lot of, but lot of but remember positions. back then. <laughs> I mean, depending yeah. on when those, how long ago that was. But remember, the photogs had to process those pictures. <laughs> well, those were these. Those were the you know Insta? those click cameras. Oh, that you Pol- Polaroid, yeah. Polaroids. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you just kind of like. I mean, it was a long time ago. We're getting near the end here. I I think we need to to know how you got the nickname Disco Bob. When I joined the Song of America, I had to share my room with my California colleague, Steve, right? But one of the things that he taught me was, if you wanted to have a great time on ships, you needed to become a second purser. And in order to become a second purser, you could then have access to the disco and you would have your own room. (laughs) So for me, that was like Pandora's box opening up. (laughs) I was like, wow, I like to dance. Why don't I just go to the disco and become Disco Bob? And that way I'll have my own room too. And, and and ever since then, it stuck, you know. And then I had great friends. And we were always in the nightclub. We were always closing the nightclub. But tell you what, 
Every morning we were at work on time, no matter what happened, no matter how much you party. But that's how the Disco Bob name stuck with me. It's weird. It depended on the group of people on board, whether I would go to the nightclub or not. Obviously, like as you mentioned, getting promoted to second person was a big deal because you got all these perks that were really big, like getting your own cabin, big deal. Being having access to other lounges like the like the nightclub was was a lot of fun. So that it's weird how on some contracts I hung out mostly in crew areas and I wouldn't yeah. go out in passenger areas or I wouldn't go out to the nightclub all that much. It depended who I was really close with and who we were friends with and whether people were going out. And there was other times where yeah, I was in the nightclub a lot uh, because you know the group that we were with like okay, let's all go up, let's all go up. So it really but the nickname is the second person. Is that a two stripe thing? Yeah, it's a two stripe. Yeah, yeah, and and here here's something I want to mention. When you whenever you come on the ship, you know you're an assistant person. You got a half a stripe, right? But then all of a sudden you got two stripes. That's a big jump. That's a big deal. You've got all of a sudden you've got a lot more swing than you used to used to have <laughs> yes. as a as a half striper. Yeah. Now let yeah. me ask this, and this is a, a round because we have you know everybody. All you guys are pursers. So is there when you go from one to two to three to wh- however many whatever? Is there like a function like a you know when you go from one stripe to two stripe three stripes or are they like hey come get your new epaulets? Yeah, you do get new epaulets. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And you your duties change. Is there like a ceremony yeah. or something? Or no, no. You got there two you go. stripes. Let's go to the disco and do thirty-five shots. No, I was no, going to no. say that's the ceremony. As many drinks as you can, you know, we told it, you know, if you do more, you get more stripes. If you do less, they take your stripes away. <laughs> if that was the case, Brad would have been a captain by now. There you go. <laughs> Admiral. Admiral. Yes, there that's right. Admiral. There you, there, you, there you go. Bob, since we're getting closer to the end here, are there any other, you've had some great ones so far, but is there anything else that really sticks out in your mind about uh, different things that happened while you were on board? You know, sometimes people, I think we had this three foot rule policy, right? Where you say hello to everybody when you're within three feet of one another. And I remember going on vacation back home to India and I'd be like, I came out of the airport and I'd be saying hi to everybody around me. <laughs> and the custom officers would look at me and go, are you cuckoo or what? What do you want? You know, I'm yeah. like, and then I suddenly realized that yeah, oh you're God, the I'm randomly selected search. Yeah, I'm no, no longer on a ship, right? And what, what the hell? So that was, I think, some of the funny things that I've, I mean, you know, they've stopped, but I think they've been in a good way too. One of the things is that I would never change what we did. I believe you always have a friend wherever you travel. If you look up Facebook and stuff, you always come across somebody. So you always have a friend. You know, I've never asked this before, but I'm going to ask you, and obviously you, you don't have to give me a name, but can you think of the worst employee you ever had and why they were the worst employee? Obviously don't give me, you don't have to give us a name, but like... Of, of what the type of things that they would do that made them the worst employee? Well, it wasn't what they did. It was basically just their culture. So, for example, I had a uh, assistant purser who never shaved their armpits. Uh-huh. And they came up Male or female? Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and and there came a time when nobody wanted to work with the person. It's just the culture, just the way it is. I haven't really had that bad of an experience on ships to say, you know, this was the worst thing possible. Uh, my experiences have been rather pleasant and good. So I wanted to ask you this because you've been on ships for a really long time. Is there anything that you would want to pass along to somebody that's maybe 
you know, starting out or thinking about joining ships, you know, something wisdom you can pass along to those kind of people? Have fun doing what you're doing. Don't take it too seriously. I mean, of course, you've got to be serious with the job where, you know, because there's a lot of rules and regulations and stuff like that. But don't let that deter you because you can still have some great clean fun. You know, you can have a blast. You get to see the world. You get paid for it, especially if you're single or, you know, even if you have family, you still get to travel a lot. You know, you meet some great people, great friends, even with the guests, you you make some loyal friends and people. So I would certainly say enjoy life, stick to the right things and have a blast and make money while you do it. Completely agree. We talk about this all the time, how it's such a wonderful experience. And we all had, yeah, you know what? It's not easy. And there are days where you're like, wow, this is really tough. But overall, it's one of the few things in my life that if I had a do-over, I would still do. I mean, look, you're on vacation every single day of the week. I mean, you know, today when you go to work, you say, oh, my God, it's a Monday. Oh, my God, it's a Tuesday. I remember on ships and I would be like, wow, today's Nassau. Wow, tomorrow's St. Thomas. We never thought of, you know, even though we did the same run every week, we never thought of it as a week. We never said, oh, my God, it's boring. You know, it was always something exciting to look forward to. My only one was like, oh, my God, it's Freeport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, those were some, you know, those those were some ports that didn't really kind of have anything to do there. Even at its worst, I mean, you could always just go sit on a beach. Yeah. You know, and the beaches, it's not like the beaches were bad. So you could end up, even if it's a port that's not the most exciting, you know, who gets to be in work one day, you know, and have the afternoon and be sitting on a beach? Yeah. You know, and you know, when people say, oh, my God, you're working long hours. Look, you work long hours everywhere. You yeah. know, nothing. I mean, and you do get breaks. And I, and I think I've always been the first one to stand up and say, you know, that no matter what job, because I did, you know, I did all all the areas, not just the offices side, right, when I was F&B. So, yes, some jobs are different than others. But if you have fun and if you don't consider it as a job, but make it like really fun and exciting for yourself. I think you can have a blast, even in today's cruising world. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, where 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 would you say in your 35 years was your favorite and least favorite port? Uh, my favorite was Bermuda. Bahamas was becoming, you know, boring. Not much to do out there. Nassau, not much to do out there anymore. And exactly. I can't let this slide, but in the 35 years, where would you say the strangest place that you did it on the ship? Uh, now you're going to incriminate me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here comes the here comes the Scott questions. Uh, on the elevator. Oh, that's a nice. Wow. Yeah, the glass elevator on the, <laughs> no, the no, for the, no for the comments. Is <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this before be... or after you got in the in the jail? I'm yeah. <laughs> no, that was the first week. That would have been too yeah. early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe we should kind of close it up on that one. That was a good way to end the show. Um, Bob, thank you so much for coming on. It's It's been a sincerely a pleasure seeing you and talking to you again. Thank you, guys. And it's really good to catch up with you guys, too. You have a great one, okay? Yeah. Yes, yes. Thanks, we'll catch up Bye. next time. Thank you again. Early. Thanks Bye. so much. You know, he's still like this super sweet, nice guy. I mean, he was always so cool. He never like, even if you did shit, he would never blew his top. He never screamed at you. He was always calm. He was always just kind of this really even keel guy. Such a pleasure to work with. I always remember him coming or going, smiling, smiling, shaking hand, giving a high five or whatever, but always, always positive. Hey, everyone, the ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast for bonus 
bonus audio, and if you would like to see this podcast in video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member, and if you have a story that you would like to tell, or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!